0: All right, we're going to, on Wednesday nights, we've been in, the, in a, a, a series that we have titled Power in That Name. So many of the names of Jesus Christ tells us more about him. And so we've been going through that series on Wednesday nights, and we're, we're in such a need of understanding and knowing the Lord Jesus Christ in a greater way. And through his names, he describes himself and allows us to know him in a greater way. So Take your Bibles and turn with me tonight to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. We're going to read just a few verses here and get into our sermon tonight. Matthew chapter 1. If you would please stand for the reading of God's word if you're able to. Matthew chapter 1. We're going to read verses 19 down through verse 21. It says, Then Joseph, her her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus. I'd like to preach a message tonight that I've titled his name shall be called Jesus and let's pray. Father we come to you this evening Lord we know that there's several out because of the weather but also because several are sick we pray that you would be with them Lord that you would touch their bodies that you would raise them up that you'd encourage them strengthen them. Now Lord I pray that you would speak to our hearts through your word. So many times Lord we we just kind of look over the names of Christ and we, we're familiar with the names, but we never dig into the meaning and the, that you have placed in those names. Now, Lord, tonight I pray that you'd speak to our hearts concerning uh, Jesus, his most common name as Jesus. And Father, I pray now that you'd strengthen us, guide us through thy word. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. you can be seated. You know, little known to a lot of people is the fact that that the name Jesus in that day and time was, uh, was a common name, really. It was a name that a, lot of, that a lot of people gave their kids. I mean, it was not a very uncommon name. It was a common name. It wasn't like Jesus coming to the world, and that was the only one that had ever been named that. But that name had been around for, for a very long time. And so it was, it, was, it was not uncommon to find somebody else by the name of Jesus. In fact, you, in the Scripture, you'll find some others by the name of Jesus. There's at least one more. That's, that's written of that is called Jesus there. Uh, we, you know, it would be hard for us in our culture and in our day and time because we know of the identity of Jesus Christ and, and, and the association with His name. It would be very hard for me to, to name one of my children Jesus. It's just not something that I could do because of my respect for that name being as my Savior, Jesus Christ. But for the Lord, he, for God, He decided that His Son would be called Jesus. And so we're going to look at that tonight and, and maybe you can get a little understanding why he did name him Jesus and, uh, from the very beginning there. In verse 21 again, it says, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Jesus, the rescuer and the deliverer. If you begin to look at what that name means, Jesus means Savior. We've seen that. It says, that talking about they shall save him from their sins. So it would be Savior But if you take that as far as saving there, it's a person that rescues and a person that delivers. And we find that Jesus became, you know, His his common name uh, that most people called Him by in that day. And actually today also, He's called, uh, the the Son of God is called Jesus by most people today. When we speak of the Lord's Son, we speak of Jesus Christ. And so the Old Testament also, there's a name in, in the Old Testament in the Hebrew language that is the same as Jesus, guess what that name is? Joshua. Joshua. Then the Hebrew name for Jesus would be Joshua. We're familiar with Joshua. He was the one that delivered the children of Israel after Moses, after the Lord took Moses to, to heaven and, and the children of Israel was to go into the promised land and and to fight their enemies and uh, to take the land. Uh, It was Joshua's job. He was the one that was set up to take uh, the children in into that promised land, to deliver them into that promised land, to fight the enemy and, and defeat the enemy and take them into what God's blessings that He had for them. So He leads the Israelites into such a way that He overcomes the enemy in that land. That name Joshua, otherwise in the Greek would be Jesus, refers to a person who leads the way, into a place of blessing. Stop and think about that. Jesus Christ is trying to lead you and I into a place of blessing, a place of real blessing, a blessing in our lives now, but also a, bless, a blessing in the days to come. The Bible talks about the fact that where he's wanting to take us, eye hath not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, what God has prepared for them that love him. We find that he says, if I he said I go away, but if I go away, he said, I, I will come again. He said, I'm going away to build a place for you. I'm going away to prepare a place for you. And so he's he is the deliverer. He is the one that, that will deliver us, that he will lead us into this land of, uh, of eternity for his honor and glory, a place of blessing, a person also who delivers people from their enemies. You think about Joshua. Joshua was was a military might in many respects. Joshua was, led the armies uh, uh, for Moses there. And Joshua was also one of them that went in and spied out the land. Uh, him and Caleb, as they, uh, uh, as they went in and they spied out the land, the other ten, they brought back an evil report. But, but uh, uh, Joshua and Caleb, they brought back a good report. And so we find that, uh, that Joshua was the leader that went in and helped deliver them against their enemies there. So God chose the name for His Son, which means Savior, Rescuer, Deliverer. That's what Jesus' name means, that, that name of Jesus that we, that we so often speak of. The primary, primary identity, by the way, in this name is that of someone who came to deliver people from something over which they needed victory. You stop and think about that for a minute. Boy, I'll tell you what, that'll get you excited. That name tells us that he came for the primary purpose of delivering us from something that we needed victory over. We needed victory over death. We needed victory over hell. We needed victory over sin. And Jesus came to deliver us. Jesus came to deliver us from, that, from all those things there. Uh, people, uh, To deliver people from something. Hey, listen, Jesus came to rescue us. When I say rescue, when you think of a person needing to be rescued, it's because they can't help themselves. They're unable to deliver themselves. They're unable to fight the enemy. They're unable. So uh, he came to rescue us. I, I, I just recently read a book, and, and uh, it talks about these men that were in, in the Pacific. They were, uh, uh, they were in the World War I uh, uh, there, and, and, and World War II, rather. And, and they were fighting in, in this battle. Their ship got sunk, and there was about 300 men that finally were, were rescued uh, from, the, from the ocean there. They were. They had been afloat for several days. Uh, they did not have rafts. They did not have. They had life jackets. Sharks. There was. There was many. There was a lot more of them. There was several hundred others that didn't go down with the ship. But they got attacked by sharks. They got, They died from the exposure. They died from the from the salt water. They died from from different things. Uh, their injuries when the ship was sunk by the enemy. But after a while they came in, they was able, somebody spotted them in an airplane and they they didn't even know that their ship had went down. And, and they come back and another plane landed on the ocean, one of those that could land on the ocean and they began to take them on board and, and put them on the wings and they couldn't get up anymore because uh, the ocean was so rough that it was tearing up the plane so it couldn't fly again. So they used it as a, uh, as, a as a boat that would hold them and they was putting people on it and, and uh they talked about the other ships coming in and, and haul them aboard. They would put down a net and, and those men would kind of uh, lean over to that. They couldn't stand. They couldn't pull themselves up. They'd been afloat for without any water, without any food for days. And they pulled them up and they was rescued, rescued, about 300 of them. They couldn't do it for themselves. Do you realize that we were lost in sin without any hope? We couldn't rescue ourselves. Man has tried to rescue himself for years. He's tried to be good enough, and he couldn't rescue himself. He's tried to buy his way to heaven, and he couldn't rescue himself. He's tried to join churches, and it wouldn't rescue him. He's tried through baptism, and baptism won't rescue you. My friend, it's only through the one called Jesus Christ and his shed blood at Calvary that will rescue you because you cannot rescue yourself. That name has such... Such great meaning to it. It has the, the, the understanding of a deliverer that, that goes and, and fights against the enemy and delivers us into a, a blessing, but it also that of one that will rescue us. The name Jesus refers to his main mission. Then verse 21 again says, and she shall call his, uh, shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. But Noah says, For he shall save his people from their sins. That is the primary that is the primary mission, the main mission of Jesus is to save them from their sins. And Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. You know, people often want Jesus for, some, for everything else other than His primary role in their life. They want Him to Bail them out of this. They, they want Jesus to rescue them from the poor health. They want Jesus to rescue them from debt. They want Jesus to re- rescue them from relationship issues. They want Jesus to, uh, to rescue them from, from uh, uh, emotional issues and different things of that nature. They've got all these things that they want Jesus to rescue them from. While Jesus is sufficient to come to a, in and, and help us in all those areas, that was not his main purpose mission his main mission was first to rescue us from our sins whereby we are we're bypassing the foundation upon which everything else lays if we if we if we if we don't get rescued from our sins nothing else is going to matter and so his main mission was to rescue us from our sin to deliver us from that sin to save us from our sin jesus came to give us eternal life but He also came that we might fully experience that life right now. You see, it's more than just getting saved and going to heaven. Jesus came and that that delivery is more than just delivering us into eternity. That delivery is even now as we face the difficulties and the struggles of sin in our lives now. And so He came not only to rescue us or to deliver us or to save us from our sins for eternity, but also now in John chapter 10. And verse 10 says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill, to destroy. Uh, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Jesus Christ said, I came that you might have life. Yes, eternal life. But he says, I come that you might have more abundant life now, right now. But you see the issue that we face in our lives as far as having having a the ability to have abundant life now is the same one as that is called sin. And so Jesus Christ come to deliver us from that sin even after salvation, that we might have a more abundant life, not just saved and going to heaven, but enjoying what he has for us even now and enjoying what he wants to do in our lives even at this very moment. You see, that's not just eternal life. That's life abundantly now. One of the reasons Jesus doesn't come through for us in ways that we wish He would in other areas of our life is because we often skip the sin issue and go straight to what we want. See what do you mean? Sometimes there's sin in our lives and we want God to fix something else in our life, but we're not willing to take care of the sin problem. We don't go to Him about the sin problem. And that is His main mission is to take care of the sin. And many times we wonder why it doesn't seem like he answers this prayer, and he doesn't do this in our lives, and he doesn't do that in our life. Well, over here it may be because of of a sin issue. Let's just say that maybe a person's uh, deeply in debt because they uh, uh, they they don't tithe, and they don't do what God has told them to do, and they don't and they don't uh, uh, they don't. Uh, 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 use their money wisely, and so they're in a lot of debt, and so they start praying, oh, Lord, get me out of debt. And God says, wait a minute. You're going to have to take care of the sin first. I can't deliver you out of sin. I mean, I can't deliver you out of the debt until you're willing for me to deliver you out of the sin that got you in debt. And so many times we find that people want to, they want delivery from something else, but they, they're not willing to face the fact that Jesus' main mission was to come to take care of sin in our lives, he is the deliverer. He is the rescuer. He is the savior, and he came to deliver us of that sin. You see, Jesus came first and foremost for to deal with our sins, both saving us from eternity uh, for eternity, and saving us on earth through the intercession, supplying us with power to resist and to overcome temptation and the consequences of sin. That's why he came to do those. That's why his name is called Jesus. In Hebrews chapter seven, in verse twenty-five, he says, "Wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost." That's just not partly. That's not just getting you to heaven, but save you to the uttermost, taking care of the problems that you face now, that come unto him by uh, come to God unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Do you realize that when Jesus came to He might take care of the sin problem. He's willing to make intercession for you and I before our Heavenly Father. That's part of what He's doing, taking care of the sin problem. When you you sin and you come to the Lord to take care of that sin and you you call unto Him, Lord, forgive me of this sin where I have sinned against you. Maybe it's a, a wicked thought. Maybe it's lying. Maybe it's things you said you shouldn't say. Whatever it is. And you come unto Jesus and you ask Him to forgive you and you repent of that. He intercedes for you. He goes to the Heavenly Father. And He says they have confessed it, they have repented of it, and it's under the blood. And He makes intercession for us. And so we become delivered from that sin. that's why He says that He'll remember those sins no more because the intercession wipes it away as he takes it before the heavenly father as he intercedes for us then he can take care of the problem that we have when we don't allow him to deal with the central issue in our life that sin problem then we can't go and call we cannot call on him for all the other things over and over again sometimes in counseling with people and talking with people as a pastor they begin to tell you, I, I've got this problem, I've got that problem. And deep down, I know that there's another problem, and the problem is a sin problem. Because they didn't get to this point without having something over here that created it. You see, actually, to be honest with you, every problem that we all have, they're just symptoms. They're just symptoms. Yeah. The real problem is a sin problem. It's like, uh, let's take what's, what's the, you know, we could talk about the flu, but everybody's thinking about, uh, you know, the COVID right now. Okay. If you have a, have a cough, if you have a, a loss of taste, you have a loss of smell, and, and uh, you, you, maybe you run a fever, maybe you're not. Uh, when I had it, I didn't run a fever with it, but I lost my taste, I lost my smell, and, and I ached and, and uh, uh, was tired from it. You know what? Those were all symptoms. Those were symptoms. It doesn't do any good to take care of the symptoms. you got to take care of the the sickness. you got to take care of the problem. When I was in the fourth grade, one night I was uh, laying there in bed, and and I started thrashing around, and I I was crying. And my brother, we we lived in a mobile home, and, and we had to share the same bedroom and same bed and everything. He said, what's the matter? And I said, oh, my stomach, it hurts really bad. He said, "You want me to go get mom and dad?" I said, "No, no, no, no! Don't wake them up! Don't wake them up!" And I laid there till the till the next morning, hurting and in pain, and and just drawled up. My dad and then Rick went in there and told dad, and dad come in there and and uh, he asked me what was going on. I told him how I was hurting and. Uh, down in my lower uh, abdomen and everything, and he said, stretch your legs out. And I said, I can't hardly stretch my legs. He said, stretch your legs out. And he reached down and he pushed down on my stomach and he took his hands off real fast. And if you know anything about checking for appendicitis, that's called rebounding. You push down and you take your hands off real fast and let the the body uh, respond to it. And if it does, you're going to double up if you've got the appendicitis. It's called rebounding. And man, I doubled up. Those were all symptoms of something. Dad said you got appendicitis. Now, what we could have done is I could have probably taken, uh, I could have probably taken uh, some antibiotics. I probably could have taken some pain medicine. Got up and been okay if I took the, and, and treated the symptoms. I could have treated the symptoms and and maybe went to school that day. Took uh, maybe some ibuprofen or something they didn't have ibuprofen back then but take a, uh, some aspirin or something maybe take some pain medicine if they had some pain medicine I could have took some pain medicine and, and got the pain down to where i could have got up and walked and everything but you know what it didn't fix the problem they took me to the hospital and they cut my appendix out that took care of the problem that took care of the problem you know what we're trying to do today? We're trying to put a Band-Aid on the, problem, or on, the, on the symptoms. We're trying to fix the symptoms when the real problem isn't being taken care of. Yeah. A lot of people want to know why their lives are in a mess, but they don't want to deal with the problem. They don't want to deal with the sin. You see, we don't like to talk about sin. We don't want to admit that we have sin in our lives. Can I tell you something? tonight, every person in this room and everybody watching, you got sin. You're going sin. And so you need to take care of it. It needs to be dealt with. That's what Jesus Christ, that's what his name, what he means. He came to deal with that sin. First of all, in salvation. Secondly, to deal with our sin as Christians. That we might have that abundant life. That we might enjoy it. Too many times Christians are just, well, you know, I'll just do this, I'll do that. But they won't take care of the sin. They won't take it unto the Lord and get it taken care of. They won't confess it. They won't get it right. And so they struggle with that. You see, he didn't come just to take care of the symptoms. He came to fix the cause of the sin that will fix the symptoms. So many times we fail to do that. Each of us face a constant pull of sin. I don't care who you are. You're going to face a pull of some type of sin. Everybody's different in this room. Everybody has a different pull. Everybody has a different thing that they battle with. But you see that constant pull of sin, there's the imputed sin. That came from the fall of Adam. That imputed sin means this. That when Adam sinned, it, it came upon all mankind. Everybody was considered a sinner then. That was imputed. Then you have uh, 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 the sin that, that, is, that uh, a lot of people think of that would be considered the, uh, the inherited sin. And that's our sin nature. We inherited that sin. That's why that, that uh, even a child, you don't have to teach a child to lie. They inherited that. You don't have to teach a little child to, to uh, do things that they're not supposed to do or to hit another kid. They inherited that. And then there's the personal sin. And that's the ones that we struggle with a lot. And that's the choices that we make to sin, we decide to do those things, that personal sin. So Jesus Christ, when he came, he came, yes, to save us from sin, give us eternal life, but he came that he might deliver us also from that sin that we face now. Remember that name, Jesus, it's Savior, it's Deliverer, it's Rescuer. You see, God sent his Son into the world. His name is Jesus and John 3:17 says for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. The heavenly father sent his son into the world to rescue it to deliver us from sin and now, now and throughout eternity. In salvation Jesus secures your eternal destiny. Your eternal destiny is settled there when you receive Jesus Christ your savior. When he delivers us from the penalty of sin. The penalty of sin is eternal death. That's the penalty of sin. Being separated from God throughout eternity. That's the penalty of sin. You'll be cast into a lake of fire without Jesus Christ. You'll be cast into a lake of fire never to get out of that lake of fire again. That is the penalty of sin. Jesus came to rescue us, to save us, to deliver us from the penalty of sin. And only the precious blood of Jesus can save us from that sin. Only the the, the, the precious blood of Jesus Christ can wash us and make us clean again. It took the blood of Jesus Christ. But even now, he desires to rescue each of us from the power of sin, which can destroy your life here on earth. After you get saved, uh, is anybody in here, put your hand up. Is anybody in here, since you've been saved, uh, lived without sin? You stick up your hand and you just sin because you just lied. The fact is, none of us have. None. Nobody will. My friend, we understand that Jesus Christ, He not only saved us to go to heaven, but He, he is here to, here to rescue us from the power of that sin which can destroy us here on earth and mess up our lives. Everybody in this room knows of somebody who professes to be saved and their life is a mess. They're living in sin. It might be, it might be adultery, it might be drunkenness, it might be drugs, it might be who knows. I mean, we can go on and, and name all kinds of things, and their life is a mess, it's a wreck. Everybody knows people like that who say that they're saved. Do you realize that, you say, well, preacher, they're probably not saved. Well, that's a possibility. But here's another possibility. They're not yielding and allowing the Lord Jesus Christ, who came to save us, to deliver us, to rescue us. They're not allowing Him to rescue them, to deliver them from the sin in their life after salvation. And that sin will destroy even a Christian it won't take them to hell, but it will keep them from being the witness that they should be. It'll keep them from enjoying life. It'll keep them from enjoying the Lord. And their life will be a mess. I, I, I think I can think of some people, I mean, that come to my mind that I look at them and I think, man, and they, they'll claim they're having a good time, but their life is a mess and they're saved. Jesus Christ wants to deliver them from that life. Of course, then one day He delivers us from the presence of sin when we go to be with Him. There'll be no more sin. Amen? No more sin in heaven. We won't have to worry about the old devil. We won't have to worry about the old flesh anymore. We'll be delivered from the presence of sin. Jesus brings life and deliverance, but He does it His way. A lot of people want God to fix things in their life their way. But we have to deal with sin in our lives, in order for our lives to be right. He died for your sin, both future and present effects of it. You see, if we're going to pray in Jesus' name, and you know we've been taught to pray in the name of Jesus Christ, but if we're going to pray in His name, we need to make sure that, you, that we're first letting God identify our sin in order for, for us to repent and receive His offer of forgiveness for that sin. If you're going to pray in the name of Jesus... You need to look at your life and say, Lord, if there's any sin there, or if you know of a sin, we need to allow Him to identify it. We need to allow Him to convict us of it and show us what we need to confess to Him. 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do you understand that that's part of the name of Jesus? As He delivers you by by uh, forgiveness, he delivers you by, by washing you clean and white as snow. Taking away that sin from your life and casting it into the depths of the sea. Then that primary reason of His name, Jesus, who came to deal with our sin, He'll forgive us and cleanse us. And then lastly, every knee is going to bow to that name, Jesus, one day. You know, a lot of people curse the name of Jesus... There's a lot of people use it in, in foul language. There's a lot of people who take it so lightly. I, I'll never forget one time, and, and I don't watch them, but for some reason I seen it. I don't know if it was flipping through the channels, but they had on the, one of these um, music award things where they was giving them awards, and, they was, and, I, and what caught my attention is I heard one of them say, I'd like to thank Jesus. And I thought, whoa. And then I seen who it was and they were, the songs that they sing were wicked. They said, I'd like to thank Jesus. He is my homeboy. And I thought, how disrespectful can you be to the name of the Son of God? Several years ago, there was a, a fellow that, that um, was, he was trying to do some type of little outreach in the, in the Boonville area and he, set, he, he made up this deal and he was going to give away hot dogs and he called it Hot Dogs for Jesus. And I thought, don't tie Jesus' name to hot dogs. A name above all names. A name of authority. A name that represents Him coming to deliver us from our sin, to save our soul, to rescue us. That name has great authority. That name is a a wonderful name. And in Philippians chapter 2, he says, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and hath given him a name which is above every name. Excuse me. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That name has authority. They may make fun. They may say things about Jesus. They may use His name in a derogatory way. They may may make fun of that. But my friend, His mission was to come and to, to save us from our sins and to deliver us and to rescue us. Not only for eternity, but even now. And one day the Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess His name. Jesus Christ will confess Him as Lord. Lord. Oh, the name of Jesus. If we would begin to realize the authority and what that name is, That the heavenly father told Joseph, who was his earthly father, told him, said, his name shall be called Jesus. You see, it would have been the choice of the father to name him. Joseph would have been considered his father here on earth. The heavenly father is the one that named him. But so that everything was in line, he come to Joseph in, in that dream and told him his name shall be called Jesus. Remember when Elizabeth had John the Baptist and how that John the Baptist's dad, when he come out of, out of, the, uh, out of the temple and serving there, he was, he was dumb and couldn't talk until John the Baptist was born. And then... When uh, John the Baptist was born, uh, uh, Elizabeth said his name is Jesus. They want to know what his name was. All the people said his name is Jesus. Are not Jesus? I'm sorry, John. And 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 they said we don't have anybody. You don't have anybody in your family by the name of John. Why would you call him John? And, and so they went to the they went to his dad and said, and he couldn't talk and they said what's his name We're hoping for him to write it down or give a sign and all of a sudden. He was able to say, His name shall be called John. Why? Because it comes from the Father. The Heavenly Father gave the name Jesus to His Son because He was to be the Redeemer. He was to be the one that rescued. He was the one that to deliver. He was the Savior. And that name indicated that. And then He says, One day He said, Every knee shall bow to that name, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The name of Jesus has authority now and for eternity. His name has the authority to give you victory in every situation that you face now and in the future. If you will let him do what he came in the name of Jesus to do, and that is to take care of your sin, to deal with your sin. This name Jesus is powerful as He deals with sin now and for eternity. You see, one day that name will be exalted as we bow before Him. One day we'll glorify that name Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus' name is not to be used as a byword or an exclamation. I've heard people Use his name as an exclamation. They see something happen. They go, oh, and they use his name. His name's not to be used as an exclamation. His name is not to be used as a byword. His name is to be revered. Jesus, Savior, the Rescuer, the Deliverer. Now and for eternity. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. Father, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for that name, Jesus, and the meaning behind the name, revealing what you have done, that we might have forgiveness of sin, that you might deliver us from sin, that you might save us from our sins, that you might rescue us. Also, not just in salvation, Lord, and give us eternal life, but also, Lord, now as a Christian in this life also, that we might have victory that you might deliver us, that we might be rescued. Lord, we thank you. We love you. Have your will way, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me tonight?